This is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Marisa Cardone. Marisa is the Vice President of People Programs and Operations at Nextroll, a marketing technology company. In this episode, we talk about how Nextroll prepared for virtual work, why they returned to the office, and new content tactics that are being used to promote collaboration and inner team alignment. Hi, Marisa. Hi. Marisa Cardone is the VP of People Programs and Operations at Nextroll, a marketing technology company delivering products ambitious marketers use and rely on to grow their businesses. She has a comprehensive background in HR roles spanning over 17 years and currently leads Nextroll's hybrid work model and return office planning initiatives. Since the beginning of 2020, Marisa has spearheaded innovative flex work policies and created work from home plans that supported employees through the pandemic. As Nextroll continues to expand its footprint globally, adding new remote employees in new areas, she ensures Nextroll has the policies in place to support the initiative. Previously, she served as the people and culture manager for OpenTable, where she supported and coached managers through employee performance evaluations and recommended new policies and procedures to increase efficiency. She holds a Master's of Science degree in Organizational Development from the University of San Francisco, a Bachelor of Arts degree in Economics and Management from Albion College, where she minored in Communications. She also graduated from UC Berkeley's Human Resource Management Certificate Program. (sighs) You're very accomplished. Thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here today. So for those that aren't familiar, what is Nextrol? Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on earlier in my bio. Um, We are a marketing technology company, and we have a very powerful stack that is fueled by our two distinct business units that you might not be aware of. We're AdRoll and RollWorks. And AdRoll, that business unit is um, really for our direct-to-consumer brand with that works on display ads, social ads, behavioral email, and actionable insights in one platform. And then our other business unit, RollWorks, they're really driving business-to-business growth with an account-based platform that identifies accounts, engages them across channels, and measures campaign effectiveness. So um, we have very powerful technology tool between those two business units. So let's go back in time. Nextroll was one of the first companies to go totally remote, and you did it, as you described to me, sort of to see how it would go. What were you looking for? And how would you know if it was successful? Were there some key indicators or benchmarks that you were targeting? Walk me through that process way back when, since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really, initially, we've always been a very office-based company. Our culture has been based on in-office events. And so the thought that potentially there was coronavirus coming to the Bay Area, um, the executive team got together and discussed, you know, can we, if we have to work from home, can we do that? And so there was a lot of planning before March in terms of what do we think we need to be able to work from home? And so we worked collaboratively with our IT department And um, put together a whole communication plan of like, okay, what do we think people need when, if they're forced to work from home? And so a couple of things we actually, and we also wanted to test it out, right? And so we did a mandatory work from home on Thursday, March 5th and Friday, March 6th of 2020, which feels like forever ago now. And before, before we did this mandatory trial, basically, 
um, we sent an email to our employees and said, okay, listen, make sure you're prepared if you need to work when we're going to try this work from home experience. So make sure you have like things like your power charger, keyboard, mouse. We really had like a list of things that we thought people would need to work from home. Um, and then also just kind of prepare them mentally for like, okay, like things software wise, you might need like VPN, soft phones. Um, we're going to try doing a company all hands event to see how that goes. And so that Thursday, March 5th and March 6th, we, we all worked from home. And honestly, it was a really easy transition. I think it, it happened so easily. Like everyone was just like, yep, we're all in this together. We're going to try it. Meet, you know, some key indicators were, um, can you, can you actually like log into a meeting, talk to your, your team, your manager, your colleagues, can the sales folk go out and actually continue their, you know, their calls with clients and, it happened and um, it really did seem really seamless. And going into that weekend, I honestly thought we were going to go back into the office. But on Sunday, March 8th, our CEO said, you know what, um, we really don't know where this coronavirus is heading. It's really unpredictable. We're now heading into mandatory work from home for this foreseeable future. So again, I think our CEO going into that before the weekend needed to see that we could actually do our work from home and be productive. And, and we were, we were able to do it. Okay. So let's zoom back into modern times here. You've yes. reopened offices in New York, Salt Lake City, Dublin, Sydney, San Francisco. I guess why reopen when you proved that virtual work was so successful? I mean, it's been over a year now, <laughs> just in December of 2020, we, by that we, we started to survey our employees before we reopened our offices. So we, we actually surveyed them three different times starting in December of 2020. And all of those three surveys, consistently we heard from our employees that 80% of them want to, wanted to return to the office in some capacity. And some, some information that came out of those surveys from our employees were things like, I want to see my colleagues. I want to go in and collaborate. I want to socialize. I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. I want to go grab, you know, water from the kitchen and just kind of have that natural bumping into a colleague and having a conversation, whether it's work-related or not. And some other things that came out of our surveys were things like around mental health. So folks are saying that their anxiety was getting worse, especially around work, even though they felt supported by Nextral. It was just being at, stuck at home, right, with like three other roommates and not being able to literally like leave their bedroom, like, right? Like a lot of times some of our employees were not only sleeping in the same room, but also working. So they didn't have a sense of breaking up their day-to-day work life or personal life. So we wanted to provide that opportunity for folks like those rollers, um, that's what we call our employees, rollers the opportunity, right. To really have a break in their workday. Like even the sense of getting out the front door and going to the office was a huge step for some people to get back and just to have a sense of normalcy. So we've gotten really good feedback so far from the folks that have, have gone back. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, to your point, it's like, well, it's easy to work from home. We were able to do it. It was very successful. People liked the opportunity to be able to work from home, but over time it was becoming too much for some rollers and they really wanted to break up their day. You mentioned some of the reasons why people wanted to come back, but are there some trends that you're observing around 
when people are coming back, maybe it's by location or maybe it's by life stage, right? A parent might be more likely to stay at home more days a week or something like that relative to a, a young associate who's looking for more social experience. Can you talk a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing now that you've reopened? Funny, in Dublin, <laughs> Fridays tend to be a very popular day, as you can imagine, to go and hit the pubs after work. So yeah, we, you know, by region, we are starting to see some trends. So for, like I said, Dublin on Fridays, and then our other offices were really starting to see the trend on like Wednesdays and Thursdays of people coming into the office. And back in November, we, um, it's been a tradition to have Thanksgiving lunch, for example, at the offices. So we saw a huge uptick for that socialization of coming into the office and literally like breaking bread together. And so, yeah, I think um, as we continue to hopefully get back to normal and have more events in the office, I think we're going to see, we are seeing an uptick around those social events for folks. Um, so we're really trying to, with this hybrid work model, figure out a balance between um, events in the office, but also events that for those folks that want to continue to work from home. But really, yeah, the drive into the office is collaboration and socialization are really the two big ones. Everyone go apply for a job at the Dublin office for next world. Sounds like a <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Uh, although every day is a good day to hit the pub as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'll get you out on this question. It's a little bit of a media one. So bear, bear with me here. But, you know, company-wide communications like a Zoom all hands is a staple at most companies these days. But I'm curious about the inner team and inner department dynamics. So for example, how do you coach up managers and leaders to communicate with their respective domains? The flow between product and sales enablement, for example, can be tricky even in the best of times. But now there are different working patterns to consider. Are there content formats that are particularly successful? Can you point to a communications flow that you've developed to support this global hybrid team that you're describing? Yeah, so I think it's tricky, but I think really what we're learning is that, you know, different teams communicate and collaborate differently. So some things that we've seen work really well, I would say globally is, and this is really more across the company in terms of dynamics. We have what's called, our annual role together. It's like our employee resource group fair. So we have different resource employee resource groups like role veterans, role amigos, all sorts of different employee resource groups. And so what we found is doing small, quick get togethers during this week for the fair. And we've incorporated things like polls and quizzes into like Zoom or Google meetings. Because what we found is with engagement is really making it dynamic in terms of the in, being interactive with one another. And so we've, we found that using polls and quizzes and the chats really help to engage with one another and feel like you're connected with your, your colleagues around the globe. And then on the, on, the, on the business side, this has come up several times and I think it's gaining traction across actually different teams and groups is Loom. So our product managers have been using this quite a bit in terms of recording a bunch of videos for all sorts of purposes from things like documenting bugs and inserting tickets for engineers to like see and fix. They're also using it to narrate presentations to serve kind of like a quick white paper to share an idea asynchronously so that folks can kind of engage with that information at their freedom versus like a meeting, right? The traditional meeting of like getting everyone together. And the best part of those like narrated white papers is that the idea can live 
on beyond the intended audience. So for example, our product managers one night had created a video and shared it in a private product management channel. And that proposed idea made its way to an executive outside of our team, of their team that wanted to learn more. So rather than him like meeting with the executive, he just shared the link and then that executive got what they needed out of it. So we're finding, you know, really different creative ways versus just the the typical Zoom meeting and the typical like white papers, right? It's like recording really short, succinct videos that allows people to not have to be in all these different meetings and, and it allows them to share complex ideas faster and more easily. So that's a little bit different than like an interactive poll or um, chat group, uh, but it just shows the differences within our hybrid work model of, you know, we have some communication where we are really engaging and asking those questions and getting engagement from employees and versus like asynchronous videos, for example. You should do some podcasts. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Well, this is my first one. And yeah, I think we're excited. And I I do think, you know, having podcasts and these videos, I think will be a great way to communicate. Well, I think one of the really interesting things that I observe when talking to business leaders is there's a lot of Loom and you have this sort of short form video and it's very descriptive. But the question becomes like, what are the on-demand asynchronous ways to communicate? Can I be a little bit more passive in my communications? So whereas Loom works really, really well for a product update or a bug fix, culture building exercises in a longer form, more immersive, more portable fashion. It's often the question is, well, what replaces what? And the reality is it's probably a yes and. And so it's an interesting question to be considering as you navigate into the future. So I'm grateful for all your amazing wisdom today. One of the true leaders of return to the office, can't call it (laughs) return to work. Everyone's been working really hard. I'm grateful to you for all your time and your consideration today. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun.